Hello, 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 and welcome to the show, which wrestling with entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between every Saturday, and interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Wednesday on YouTube and Taskbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Playo One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, that guy, James J. Alongside the leader of Squash Squad, Coleco Yachts. <sighs> From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, we fight our country's battles in the air, on land, and sea. First to fight for right and Freedom and to keep our honor clean. We are proud to claim the title of United States Marine. Ooh, I am in a great mood. It's the birthday of the greatest fighting force in the world. Yeah, celebrating many several days after <laughs> the actual date. <laughs> It's Marine Corps month. It's like the, you know, there women, you it's like how women do it. You know, like they have one day, but they celebrate like yes. the whole goddamn month. That's yes. pretty much what we are going to do right <laughs> And plus, Marine Corps birthday is November 10th. However, the balls are on different days. So it gives me an excuse just to drink for different balls at different times. And the American Scooter Dust, who may be joining us a little bit later. But we are wrestling with WWE Survivor Series Watch Along. We are watching along WWE Survivor Series 2001, um, WWE vs. Team Alliance. You want to go and find, and find us on, um, Peacock. It is time. Well, let's, let me reiterate that. It's time to pull out your peacock, fire up the network, get your DVDs, your VHSs, your Betamaxes, however you want to uh, watch this, or more accurately, again, on Peacock. Um, go to Survivor Series 2001 and go to 1 hour 36 minutes clean. We are going, we'll wait for you to um, click 136, pause it there, I'm going to count you down from 3 to 1, and then you could play. Are you ready? Yay, we're ready. Ready! Yay! And 3, 2, 1. Here we go. Um, probably one of the more, most stacked Survivor Series 5-on-5 matches in the history of WWE. No, Kalito? Yeah, I mean, but considering it was the invasion angle, WCW was kind of folding at that time, and it was already bought by WWE, so it was kind of like that. that awkward transition that everyone keeps saying. It could have been better. So, so I mean, they 
they did what they thought was the best at that time. I mean, we play a Monday morning quarterback, but it's making that decision real time had been really, really hard. Well, if you postpone the alliance one year to WrestleMania and started uh, WrestleMania 18 instead of 17, you have a couple of the names from WCW. Uh, they just brought in NWO, um, Ric Flair, uh, at right, literally right after this match, the next night on Raw, Ric Flair came. Um, would it have been better if they postponed it and did it in the year 2002 rather than 2001? Right after the, uh, the acquisition? Mm. No, because the the name that everyone kept, two names that are that weren't there at the time yet, one Sting, two Goldberg. So I mean, th- those were like the the icons at that time of WCW. As much as we like Rick Flair, associate Ric Flair with WCW, and in some instances you could say that. The problem is he's more NWA Mount Rushmore than WCW Mount Rushmore to me. Because when you think of WCW Mount Rushmore, Sting, Booker T, um, Goldberg, I wouldn't even put Hogan per se in that because Hogan was a name when he got WCW. True. So that's why I was... I mean, NWO, you could, you really couldn't do NWO because they kind of got their break in WWF, so they were kind of like WWF guys, regardless. Well, let's, uh, you mentioned Sting. Sting was rumored to come into WWE in 2002 for a match at WrestleMania 18. Would that have been more likely with, if they would have postponed the um, the alliance angle. See, and that's where it's issue too, because who's to say Sting would have been in this alliance angle? It's a good point. Because what, it, what, it, why it, would he as well? Why wouldn't he? <sighs> I mean, he did join Wolfpack. I mean, yeah, he joined the Wolfpack, but I, I, to me, Sting wouldn't have been that, that person to go. I think he would have been like, yo, let me keep my gimmick how it was as a loner and and figure out who to play sides. I, I feel like if he had did that, he would have been the opposite side of what Angle was in this invasion angle. Go hmm. figure because Angle was I, – I felt like Sting would have been that guy, except he didn't have to talk that much. But the reason it worked with Angle so much, because he was so busy trying to kiss ass, and plus, that Stephanie – I ain't going to lie, that him and Stephanie, I thought they were boning for real. Like, <laughs> straight up. Like, Not shit. if Triple H right. had anything to say about it. Bruh, I was like, yo, if there were ever – it felt like a – what was that shit? You remember that – TV show One Tree Hill, that's exactly what him, all three of those motherfuckers felt like. But to say nonetheless, Austin is out, coming out. He's already out. 
Got the belt. Austin, I'm not Booker T. But, 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 well, I'm a little bit ahead of you. But, you know what's crazy about this is that Austin has the belt. He's with Booker in this match. The next year, he, him and Booker are feuding because he fucked over Austin. Are you talking about Austin? Jericho. Jericho. Okay. Um, Which was weird. Just weird. You know, it's just weird how it, it fell apart after that. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what I would say. But going back into the, the, the history of the match, I mean... That angle Austin thing was probably like the best thing of 2001. I could make the argument Angle was wrestler of the year this year. Because um, he fucking. I could buy that, but I could also say that. When was, was that? The... No, it was, that was 2000 Armageddon? I mean, he beat. Undertaker, The Rock, Stone Cold, and Rikishi in a Hell in a Cell match. So, yeah. I mean, you don't, don't do that. And then you have, uh, I believe at the beginning of 2001, he had an incredible rivalry with Chris Benoit. Yep. Um, and then the, the infamous match with... Um, uh, Shane McMahon at um, King of the Ring. And if I'm not mistaken, 2001, wasn't he... I want to say WrestleMania 2001. He was the... It was in Texas, right? Yeah. So that was the triple threat match. The two out of three triple threat match. That no, I that was 2000. No one... Was it? Yeah, it was 2000. In Anaheim? Yeah. The one with Jericho and Benoit, where he lost both belts. 2001 was with yeah. Benoit, where he stole the pin. Oh, yeah, when they stole the show. Yeah, that, bruh. I mean... Mm. I mean, I could make the... And he was king of the ring, I think. Not, not mistaken, but I could be wrong. No, he lost king of, Edge was king of the ring in... Um, oh, yeah, Edge was king of the ring. Uh, 2001. Yeah. He was King of the Ring in 2000, and 2000. 2000. So, yeah, from 2000 to 2001, that dude was... Come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, could I go 2000 to 2003 was just the freaking machine. He was. And the only thing that, like, people were shitting on him on is, like... The character and how he, his mannerisms, and I, I would say the invasion angle kind of helped him in that regard because he kind of was, because he was trying to be like that next door neighbor gold medal guy, next door neighbor who happened to win a gold medal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. So, you know, it just didn't make sense. And, and Are you flipping the next invasion angle. <laughs> yeah, that, 
I mean, that's what he was trying to portray. You know, when WWE came in, he that's what they tried to portray him as, and it just wasn't working. And I think this just got him out of that shell of actually being a, a, a good character and being on cue and acting. I think that was the thing. And talk about a gimmick that we don't want to for, that we would like to forget: the Undertaker running around on a motorcycle in 2001, saying he's a dead man. There you go. What are you talking about? That was over a shit. American badass Undertaker. About as over as Limp Biscuit was during that time, which was very over, and it didn't last that long. And fun fact: I actually bought that CD, Chocolate Starfish, in a hot dog flavored water. Probably their best album. See, I'm going to music. That honestly, that was their best. That was their peak album. That was their thriller. And after that, nothing else. One, uh, one album wonders, I guess. Suppose. No, I mean, three dollar bill was good, but I think the fact that they had Rolling and then they had uh. They had rolling on that thing, and and little did people know that they did a rolling, a hood version of that song with Method Man, Red Man, and DMX. Rest in peace. I did not know that. Which was, which was dope as fuck. I love that. Lo- I love that version better than than Taker's version. Well, I suppose Just, they had to censor it to a degree because. The one before this was um uh the kid rock, kid rock. um I'm, I'm American, American badass. badass. See, kid rock. That's that was probably his peak too. See, <laughs> you you see these things that Taker's dealing with peak in their peak people that didn't peak after that, and he I kept mean, that gimmick for a whole two years. When he raised those hands, everybody's arms are are going up. Maybe because that was just Taker feeling like he could be like himself. So I let him, I, and Vince let him have it. Can't say rest in peace, run around with a bandana. Just saying. Can't be talking about having casket matches when you're looking like, you know, one of Hell's Angels. And Austin, of course. And now, ironically enough, Team WWE had. WCW alumni on it. Chris Jericho, The Big Show, Undertaker. The only, like, true, and I'm not even saying true originals here, were The Rock and Kane. Kane. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, that's the irony, right? <laughs> <laughs> But over under, let me see, Big Show, Hall of Famer, Taker, Hall of Famer, Kane, Hall of Famer, Booker T, two-time Hall of Famer, RVD, Hall of Famer, Kurt Angle, Hall of Famer. It's about 90, I'd say 80 to 85% of this match has Hall of Famers that are in the WWE, let alone not even thinking the actual Hall of Fame, because people think that the WWE's Hall of Fame is the end-all, be-all, but there's an actual pro wrestling Hall of Fame. That's All true. of them, obviously, got to be it. And, of course, Rock and Austin, man. They just started off with, like, like that, that just felt like continuation of 2001 Mania. 
just like, God damn. I mean, it feels like it's a continuation of all their fights. They always start with a fist fight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's just, I hate you, you hate me. Let's kick the shit out of each other. And it's crazy that they, like, started off doing their... Austin did his thing with the little Austin running elbow, and then... Making sure to get everybody the, the finger. Finger. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's weird, because it's like, dude, we like that. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my guy who who spent all day making a sign saying, hey, Tina, Becky, and Tony. Way to, re- way to waste my view if I paid, like, 600 bucks for that suit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this was 2001. Maybe it was 300 bucks at this point. I know. Inflation's a bitch. Yeah. And then look at this. Rock doing his thing, and he does the running elbow. And then Shane kicks it in. Man, that's crazy. It's crazy you bring that up. This whole match, out of everybody, there's only like two two or three original WWE guys. And one just so happens to be the boss's son. Son. So, like, holy shit. And then, of course, Booker T. Rock, continuation from SummerSlam. Yeah. I feel like they jumped Booker, Booker T, T out in 2001. Bro, they that was humbling. That was like, yo, you about to... <laughs> Miz, I remember when Miz was like, oh my God, I had it so bad when he first got there because he was the real world guy. And I'm like, Booker T somewhere like, hold my drink, bitch. Because, <laughs> <laughs> bruh, his whole... I think this whole time, he was just like, just, ugh, losing both belts. Because he was in with WC, he was in as both champs, lost both belts, Austin beating his ass. Uh, He tries to get a little momentum. Triple H gives him the whole, you too black to be the champ thing. And (laughs) the hell thing. What did he say? Yes. It, it, yeah, so it just like, bro, his first three, if anybody had a reason to be pissed, it was him. And he took it like a G, and next thing you know, he was at some point one of the top two cats on SmackDown on NWWE, for yes, sure. Yes. So, I mean, it just goes to show, like, but then again, he was he went to prison, so his mentality is a little different than those who, you know, were just into the wrestling thing. So his mentality is like, if I this is if that's the worst he'd been through, fuck it, he'll take it. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Now I think D was came in obviously as a heel. The alliance was all bad guys and you shouldn't cheer them. You should cheer the WWE guys, don't it? Um, but RVD was one of the guys that it didn't really matter what he did. People was always going to love him. Because if they they were like me, they stayed up late three in the morning watching that dude put in his work. That dude was, oh my God. 
At this time, shit. He was just... he. It, it was crazy because even though he was rapping that, he literally... You could literally think he was like an off-cuz of the Jean-Claude Van Damme. I really thought he was. Like, genetically, I was like, holy shit, he looks... <laughs> Like, why wasn't he in the uh, the uh, double impact movie with goddamn? <laughs> <laughs> like when 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 Jean Claude Van Damme had a Jean Claude Van Damme and Jean Claude Van Damme, you could have got that fool. Like shit. Like, but, but it seemed like yeah, he dude. might have had a push going coming out of this. I mean, the next month he's wrestling Undertaker in a no disqualification match, but. And he, he's even said this himself. He didn't give them reasons to trust him to be the top guy. If there was a little bit more discipline there, would Ralph Van Damme been the number one guy for many years to come after this match? Mm. Discipline. Uh, to me... To me, he didn't need to be the top guy because he was cultish at this point. He was... I can make an argument. He was... Yeah, he was... Yeah, he was CM Punk for CM Punk. He was literally the word-of-mouth guy for WWE. Right? Like, everybody else kind of, like, made it in, got in, got their inroads. This dude literally was, like, word-of-mouth, check his tapes, this motherfucker's good type shit. But I think he, I mean, to me, he probably wouldn't change it any other way because it wouldn't make him who he is now. He did it his way, and he still got got it in. So, I mean. I love how Shane McMahon breaks up every pinfall that the WWE guys do. That's just smart psychology in pro wrestling rather than just a storyline thing. Like, when it makes sense to break up, a pinfall if you guys taking a pin? Well, it makes sense. It's the motherfucker who really don't want it, does it? Like, <laughs> that's the psychology. The motherfucker who could easily get his ass whooped by anybody in this match is doing it, which is the annoying part. Because at this point, you're like, at the crowd, if you're, as a, a watcher, you're like, dude, just get... Somebody tag him in and get him the fuck out uh, at this point. <laughs> but it well, works. It's ironic because he's the bad guy in this match. And yet, like, a couple months earlier, he was the, the major baby face against his father in honor of his mother. I, I guess he, uh, he got to hear his father's side of the story. <laughs> <laughs> See, it, it's crazy. That's what I was saying. Like, it's like 2001 was like a lot of shit that kind of ended. But then you're like, okay. I think, honestly, I could make an argument. 2001 was kind of like the year where it was like, bro, y'all going to act like I just didn't watch what the fuck I was watching six months ago? <laughs> I get that. Yeah. It, 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 it make it make sense. Like, well, granted, it. Uh, uh, Life happened at that point because there was a lot of different other shit that was going on. 
This was basically, WWE 2001, the way I view it was, it was the wild, wild west. If you, you cheered for who you wanted, you cheered, you booed who you didn't like, and every, nobody had the team mentality. Everybody had their own agenda. Nobody trusted each other. They just wanted to further their career if it was at the expense of somebody else. That was 2001 but, to me. In but, the storyline aspect, not in the backstage, but I'm sure there was some backstage politics. True. But I also think, like, keep in mind, two years ago, two years prior to that, they went public. No, they didn't go public for one more year. 2002. Was it? I thought it was 2099. That's why it was 2002. No, 1999. So October 1999 is when they went public. As a trading company. So to me, at this point, they were just buying off the fact that... I, I think that being them being publicly traded kind of put them over the top as far as WCW because of the fact that they had other people's money invested in them. Which is crazy for a w, for a wrestling company to be publicly traded during that time. Hmm. It's that's almost like the Simpsons going public, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, at this point, they got so much money that it didn't make sense. It didn't matter what the fuck they were doing. They were making it handle for first. Yeah. I mean, they made it enough to where they bought WCW shit. <laughs> Fucking bought their contracts. And bought ECW, bought their contracts. Yep. Like shit. But yeah, they. If that, if that ain't balling, I don't know what the fuck is. No. So, I mean. Shit. This is another two, group of two people I wish had a whip at it more often. Taker and Angle. I feel like we've gotten uh, a couple of great matches between Taker and Angle. Yeah, a couple. I just feel like they should have done it more, right? Because, like, there's a group of people that have never... And it's crazy. I was just thinking that the other day. It was like, a, it's a group of people that never touched each other, right? Even though they were in the same era. Like, Rock and Michaels never touched each other. Triple H, Rey Mysterio never really wrestled one-on-one. Well, Rock was on his way out in 2002, and Shawn um, Michaels and um, The Rock, Michaels was on at the tippy top, and Rock was just kind of starting out. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like, Rock, because keep in mind, uh, what was it? Sean came back in oh one. Prime Rock. Oh two. Was it oh two? Oh 02. yeah, it was oh two. So it's Prime, yeah, oh two. Yeah, Prime Rock, but still, it was Prime Rock. We could have made an argument. Ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety six. Ninety seven. I felt. I. I feel like. I feel like nine. Yeah, ninety six. So ninety six. Ninety seven to ninety. 
95 to 98, you could have made the argument they could have tapped one time. I mean, I kind of feel like they they did. They, they must have had, like, a tag team. No. Never face each other in a match, which is weird as shit to me. <clears throat> oh, they 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 doing every freaking finisher on the big show as you can. Spin a Rooney, baby. Whoop, whoop. And then tag tag in tag in RVD. He about to do this frog splash. And look how everybody stands up for him. Like it's fucking nuts. And he's on the heel team. Again, you, try, you just chill who you want and boo who you don't. And the fact that Shane McMahon gets the pin. One, two, three. On the big show. Shout out to Jazz. Look at Jazz. <laughs> Shout out. And then look at The Rock. See, this is the funny part. See, that's the psychology of it. Like, the dude that didn't do shit did one move and got pinned, and then The Rock is, like, fucking him up. That that was the psychology, which worked fucking brilliantly, I must say. Yeah. And then Kane. Oh, gosh, Kane. I feel like him and Taker went through so many phases. Between him... Over under most phases, him, Big Show, or Taker. <laughs> well, Big Show like they... just kept flip flopping, face heel, face heel, face heel, mainly the same character. Kane, mask on, mask off, like future. He was literally future. Mask on, fucking mask off, mask <laughs> off, fucking mask off, like literally. I think Taker just felt good about wrestling and like looking like he in comfortable fun. pajamas <laughs> than than a mortician gear, I guess. Which is what throws me off because he, I mean, if he went with that gimmick, I would have thought, okay, change, change the move set a little bit. This is my favorite version of the Tombstone, where he just did the t- double dunks down. And Shane gets eliminated, so it's kind of a given. And there's Terry Bradshaw, who who's literally WCW front running for WWE. <laughs> Whole family. This is another underrated rivalry, Jericho. Angle, oh my god, them dudes. Jesus, they just could go at it all day. And I miss that for Jericho. I miss when he used to do that move. The butterfly backbreaker. Yeah. Between that and the double power bomb, I was like, God damn that. To me, I think that helped him when it was like, Oh yeah, this bitch strong. He's strong, strong. <laughs> And, of course, Booker T with the body slam from hell. And another body slam. And Booker T like, get your ass up. Just so uh, 
everybody knows this team. This uh, show was on November 18, 2001. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, at the Greensboro Coliseum Complex, and the attendance was 10,142. Uh, Think of uh, Survivor Series now being in Greensboro, which is weird. That's crazy. Like, considering it was a big four and it could still be in a, a mid-market like Greensboro. And still get that kind of a crowd, which is, to me, crazy at that time. Now it's like Survivor Series, going to Houston, going to Philly, going to New York. Uh, I, I disagree. I'll I don't feel like Survivor Series gets as much love as the other big four. I mean... Oh, SummerSlam and Royal Rumble are in stadiums now. Well, Survivor Series is still going to probably be in an arena. Well, it's, well, SummerSlam is just now getting into stadiums. Since they kind of proved that they can but I could make the argument yes, they, they would have been in stadiums like five, ten years ago. But they needed the perfect place to, to make that so. Because I don't think if they had a did SummerSlam in Nashville at well, like the next year is going to be in Nashville, right? At the Titan Stadium. I, I could make the argument if they did that one this year in Vegas next year, the numbers would be flip-flop. It was just because of the fact that it happened to be in Vegas, one. Two, it happened to be at a brand-new stadium that was – which luckily was never really used due to COVID. Right. And three, it was a destination city where, like, the destination city. If, if Shit. I, I always say this. If WWE had two places that they could push a wrestling show at forever – Forever for any of their big fours, it would be Vegas and New Orleans. And, and the reason being, because Vegas and New Orleans are both cities where everything's happening around you, yet you're still in know why you're there, and also it's all walking distance, which is the number one thing everyone cares about. I buy that. that it, makes sense. Being 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 a wrestling traveler, because I tell you right now. Dallas, and, and, and we're going off script, people, but Dallas is cool, but WrestleMania is in Arlington. That shit ain't in Dallas. That shit is like a whole hour away from Dallas. So you got motherfuckers who having to go from Dallas, downtown Dallas, to Arlington, which is not a, that ain't, that ain't like, that ain't even like L.A. At least L.A., you could go from downtown to Inglewood in about 20, 30 minutes, given if traffic ain't hell, but Dallas, like, shit, that's all out, it's out of pocket. Right. But Aztaker hits the snake eyes, hits the boots, and I see Austin bang right there, catches the clothesline. Taker red hot. Had had Limp Biscuit on his CD player from his hog. Listening Last to ride. And, um, 
from the cemetery, from mortuary. He was at that cowboy game this Sunday when they got their ass beat. And then look at Austin helping Angle. Yeah, buddy. One, two, three. Which is weird. How the ref gonna allow another motherfucker, his tag team partner, to drag him in? No breaking five count. So while everybody be talking about WWE, AEW refs, WWE refs was not the shit during this time. But I mean, that is all health note we're talking about. I'm just saying, homie. So let's see. It's just Rock, just the Rock, and Jericho, and Kane versus Angle. Literally, the everyone else minus McMahon. I will say McMahon played his part, though. He did what he needed to do. But my question is, we obviously know the answer, but what would have been the story like? It's almost like Booker T, this was like his audition, in in essence. Like, him getting in, him them picking up the contract, him doing all this, this is literally like his audition, in fact. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it. I got it, though. Like, this is the whether he stays or goes. And I'm just like, man, what if? What if? What if? If you got that Goldberg push? That. That part. But I felt like, because the Goldberg push at best was like eight months. Yeah, because they ended up blowing him on. Because he only signed for a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, what if that went to Booker, who you knew Booker was going to stay for the long haul? Well, this is how I kind of. That guy's a front row fortune. Thanks for letting the whole world know. Um. Uh, I kind of felt like Booker T, you know, obviously one of the greatest, not debating that. He kind of got a raw deal when it came to WCW. Um, they, because they promoted the Hulk Hogan's, the Kevin Nash's, the, the Goldbergs, and when all those guys left, there was nobody that they could put the belt on that people would believe to be the actual champion. I mean, yeah, they gave it to, to Booker T, but I don't think it was kind of like if he won the United States Championship. I mean, yeah, the people liked him, but you didn't really take him completely serious as the champion because they didn't build him properly to be the champion. You kind of understand what I mean? Yeah, because at that point he, like, when all that shit went down, he they just went, "Hey, tag team guy, you're the man now." Like, yeah, so I can see that point. I, I can see that point, especially when during that time. But I also think you had a guy like DDP, 
who at that time to me was like probably my favorite. He was like he was and I'm not trying to say that he was exactly like this, but he was kind of like Dusty Rhodes in a sense. Where he, not not actual like cutting promos and shit, but his ethic and his ethos. The well, people connected him as like the working guy champion. Right? The blue collar champion. Right. And that was just something, yo, what? Once you get those, especially in the South where it's blue collar as hell anyway, once you get those guys, like, it's shit. Matter of time at that point. We got Jericho and RVD and right now. Undertaker eliminated. Big Kane eliminated. Big Show eliminated. RVD's in the top five in this match. He's still relevant in this match. The mixtape guy. Yeah. You know, Chris Jericho with a skull crossing finale before that was a thing. Chris Jericho was the journey guy. Yes. The journeyman guy. One of the last journeyman guys. He's literally the last of the Mohican in that resort. He made the run with uh, Mexico, the run with um, with Japan, ECW, WCW, WWE, and now AEW. The one guy that can say, I've literally been everywhere. And, well, he hasn't been an impact. Do you really think he's going to waste his time? I don't think he registers impact on his radar. Yeah. Now, this was not the best place for Stone Cold right now. He's kind of in limbo. Um, A couple months later, Hulk Hogan would come in. Durak would um, wrestle him at WrestleMania, and he would get Scott Hall. Um, kind of going to the fact that maybe he wasn't the main guy anymore. Do you think it was just it wasn't the right time for Stone Cold to be in the main event at that time, and obviously he was going to be in the main event down the line, or was there? Do you feel like there would be stock in him thinking that way? That they're kind of they're look overlooking me. One thing I always say in wrestling is no one's going to be on top forever, right? Right. It, it's to me, I don't Especially see it. Especially when you as, have as many injuries as Stone Cold. Right, and and to me, that as much as I hate John Cena. As the character, I give him props as a guy because 10 years on top, he, that's some Drake shit. But in as far as hip hop terms, because usually it's like you'll have your run and then you have to go down and come back up. It's like a circle, right? right. And in Austin, I think at this point, what, 98 to 01, this is when it was starting to be the end. Because at that point, Rock was already eclipsing, Angle was starting to pop up. 
we ain't even brought up Triple H. But he's <laughs> so, he got injured only on the year. Right. So my point is, is like it, it. It's all a. It's all a phase. It's all a circle. It's no one's gonna be at the top forever. Eventually, you're gonna go up and go down the mid card. And the problem is, is that they know that, but their egos won't let them handle that. Right. Which I give props to a guy like Jericho because he just evolves in other forms. Me too. He he just he just reinvents himself, and and the crowd is what keeps him over. So I mean that's what I think about it when it comes to that term, because. Even with Rock getting Hogan, Hogan comes back and becomes top guy in 02 with Shawn Michaels. Think about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but also the Rock, after the match with Hulk Hogan, he kind of goes away for a little while. He makes another movie. I think it was Walking Tall? Want to say Walking Tall? Yeah. But, and that's kind of when the, it, the crowd turned on him. Uh, oh, too. But that was also when he fought Lesnar, too. So it was he was champ at the time. No, too. Yeah. Well, in 02, Austin took his ball, went home, came back for so a think cup about of coffee and a match with The Rock, and retired. Yep. So think about that. O two, you had icons. Literally, so it it was like they were WWE kind of stuck with it because Michaels came, happened to come back, uh, and it was like, oh my god, yay, he's 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 back, and then Hogan's back, so nostalgia's back, and they were trying to bridge that past to the present. You see what I'm saying? Right. It didn't go. I, you could argue it didn't go. As great as they thought it would go, but that I mean, was, I, I think that was the intent. They got a seven year run out of uh, uh, Shawn Michaels. That's Hulk, totally different than Hulk Hogan. I mean, <laughs> you knew that it was only for a matter of time, it wasn't going to be an eight year run with Hulk Hogan still on top. I don't think anybody expected that, including Vince McMahon. It's kind of love the one you're with at that moment. True, but I also think that it it was a loyalty factor too, though. Because I think Michaels was loyal through and through. As much as people gave him shit on that screw job, man, Michaels played his part. And, And when he left for fucking three years and was still getting paid... (laughs) <laughs> and they came back and had like probably one of the best second half runs as far as string of classics. Can't, can't argue it. If you're interested in watching the rest of uh, this card, um, just to go down what happened, uh, Christian defeated Al Snow um, for the European. Uh, to retain the uh, European Championship, uh, William Regal defeated Tujiri. Uh, 
Edge, def uh, as the United States champion, defeated Test, the Intercontinental champion, to unify the titles. Uh, the Dudley Boys, uh, the WC as the WCW Tag Team Champions, defeated the Hardy Boys, the WWF Tag, uh, tag Team Championships, in a unification cage match. Um, Test won a uh, immunity battle royal. Uh, Trish Stratus defeated Ivory, Jazz, Jacqueline, Weida, and Molly Holly in a six-pack challenge for the the vacant WWF Women's Championship. So, um, a stacked card. And I mean, the, uh, the Hardy Boys in North Carolina losing again. But that's WWE, though. You in yeah. the hometown, you taking that L. Yeah. Unless you're, right, you're in Dago and you're Ramis. Unless you're in Dago and you're one of the Mysterios, <laughs> that's the only time you ain't, you ain't taking an L. But the funny part is Test getting his ass beat for the IC title, then wins immunity, which makes me wonder what the hell what they were planning for Test before he just like. They were planning Test to Oh, come on. <laughs> Austin's uh, busted his lip, it seems. It's pretty nasty. Um, I don't know, it just seems like it never worked out for Chest. It should have been when he, he should have skyrocketed with the whole Stephanie McMahon Triple H rivalry, but. Shane McMahon thing, yeah, the Stephanie McMahon, Shane, you're not good enough for my sister thing, and then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like which everybody says Triple H got that shovel boy burying everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but, if you look at it from, if you just get out of that angle and, and, and look at it from his, instead of that myopic scope during that time frame, and look at his whole entire run as a Triple H the character, it actually it works in line with him. True. Because he sees he sees what everyone else sees in him is because he sees himself as the A plus player when in actuality he's the B plus player and he's trying to prove to everyone that by any means that he's an A plus player. And if he couldn't be the A plus player with the belt, he would be in the corporation being the A plus player determining who is the A plus player. That's like uh, which, an inception of Matt. <laughs> which I must say is fucking brilliant for that guy. <laughs> All right, watching this match, ja would you jazz like siding again? Shut up. <laughs> watching this match, could you believe that Chris Jericho would win both championships one month later? By beating both of these motherfuckers in yeah. San Diego, I, you boy, you couldn't, which tells me that they're goddamn, like, the whole thing is just, but this was the genesis of it all, though, right? Like, Jericho doing the Owen thing. I'm the guy. I'm the hero, especially during that time when he was beefing with Stephanie. So, yeah, kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. And Jericho really never got eliminated. He just eliminated him. No, he got rolled up by Austin. No, no, what I'm saying is it's just like, he's just like, fuck it, right? 
He's like, I'll be the hero. I'll do it. And then here comes, here comes him. You get the fuck back. <laughs> what are you doing? Can we just mention for a second it, Paul Heyman on commentary? Super underrated commentary by Paul Heyman. Probably one of the better ones that people don't necessarily look upon. Two of the most underrated commentators, I think. Paul Heyman, CM Punk. CM Punk had a brief stint when he was injured. He was doing commentary. That mother bleeper was gold, yo. He has the the IQ. So when he when he said what he said in that pipe dumb, I believed it because I seen it. I seen it. Thank you. But it's funny how like '01 it starts off with Rock Austin Survivor Series ending with Rock Austin. <laughs> It just felt like they were feuding the whole year. It's all, almost kind of like that Okada Omega where like they're around each other, but they weren't around each other. So, and of course, The Rock comes back. And also, this is kind of like the payback for The Rock, though, in a sense, right? Because he loses in Mania, gets the payback. I feel like the payback was WrestleMania 19. That was the payback for a Mania match because at that point, Rock never won, beat Austin at Mania. And that was the running theme at that time. It felt like the Rock never beat Stone Cold in a one on one match that was. In his prime. (laughs) In his prime, I was going to say, in a big match scenario. It was always Stone Cold that went over. But this is a big match scenario. But this is different. This was a tag match. This was a Survivor Series match. But I, I, I get that point. But at this point, it's on his shoulder. And at the tail end of this uh, watch along, we got Scooter Dust. I blame D Barnes. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Nikola Jokic. I thought he ran you over because I saw he did uh, uh, one of the Moorish twins. So I'm just making sure you're okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 27 minutes and um, 30 seconds in. If you uh, fired up your peacock scooter. This was like like you said, it was this was a different match because it was different because it was a tag team match. It wasn't a one on one. The Rock only beat Stone Cold one on one in a significant match at uh, Mania nineteen.
But I, I always thought this was a bitch match because of the sim- of the implications. Like, it's about whether or not you know. It, to me, this counts as him winning a big match from a storyline point. Was it? Was it one on one? And yeah, you can add all those factors, but the bottom line is he pinned. Him. Fair enough. Now him going into mania—that's a whole different story. Cause... It's funny that there's just a um, a shop of uh, well, Scorpion Thatlock on um, a Survivor Series preview. True. And this is rock before their hairline started going home. I feel them too, man. I feel them. One more time, where are we again? We are at uh, 20, uh, two hours, 29 minutes, and 25 seconds. And Austin gets his belt, of course. Repeat. Austin was WWE champion, but he was never WCW champion. You know that was definitely intentional. I, he really, what, what was, what was him being WCW champion was gonna do to him? I know why they gave it to Rock to give it the, the importance. Because at that time, in in the black community, boy, shit, you couldn't tell nobody nothing about Rock, yo. I kind of felt like they gave Rock because they wanted to give Rock a belt. And that was kind of... They couldn't give him the WWE championship because that was Austin's. So we got this new shiny belt. Let's give it to The Rock. He's coming back after uh, doing Scorpion King. But they... Uh, uh, I mean, you know, Scorpion... Mm. Oh, oh, oh. Get him, you, Scooter. Get you, him. Mean, you mean he was back after doing The Mummy 2. Scorpion King would come after SummerSlam 2002. Okay. And I thought we had this conversation. It was uh, We thought he was filming He thought he was tall. doing Walking Tall. <laughs> uh, no, Walking walking Tall was uh, 2003. Okay. All of this before his hairline was like, come on home. Well, he had that gnarly wig uh-huh. for a scorpion king. Meanwhile, Earl Hebner is like, hey, I got some shirts in my trunk I want to sell you. <laughs> I was just talking about that because everybody be talking about the blue ass refs in AEW. And meanwhile, Nick Patrick comes out and beats the piss. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's ama- it's amazing how many problems in pro wrestling could be solved by simply wearing a cup. Very true. That is so true. Just don't put the cup in your mouth after you take it out. Who doesn't want to see you be? I'm just trying to figure out how come we didn't get a Nick Patrick versus Earl Ebner. Man? We did. We did. If this is all like. We did. We did. At Invasion. Tells you where I was because I was probably military in this shit. So there you go, Scooter. You missed me singing the Marine Corps hymn. Yeah. 
been celebrating Marine Corps all month. Marine Corps month. Silver wings upon their chest. Oh wait, that's a Green Berets. Uh oh! Don't you don't you dare, sir! How dare you? <laughs> Austin just rock with the manhandle slam. That's you know, for, 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 for these three years of uh, Survivor Series, when they went to this logo, my friend who was ju- who was getting into wrestling at the time just thought the event was Survivor. <laughs> the the show on CBS. The reality show. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, how come I don't see Stone Cold and The Rock on the island? Survival, Greensboro. <laughs> Survivor, Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> Survival, New York. You, you, you would be surprised because there are actually little cliques and groups that um, that get together and actually play out games of Survivor in metropolitan cities. I was, oh, asked, I was asked to play one in Tennessee. And, and of course, Kurt Angle being the triple agent, a.k.a. we don't know what the hell to do with this, so let's just send Kurt back out. <laughs> I, honestly, though, I was we were just talking about this. I was like, that broke Kurt out of that that shell as a as an actor. I felt like that whole invasion angle broke him out of that character, out of his shell to be more comfortable doing not only comedy but just being more like not force fed and let things come naturally. Yeah, I don't know if you saw in the crowd, there's a sign that says Tabor City. Yeah, Tabor City is one of the now premier uh, streamers on uh, YouTube and Fortnite. Oh, there, there, there was my good friend, Doctor Sean Stasiak. <laughs> Doctor, we were just talking. We were just talking about signs, and I said, "Shout out to that dude that had, who did all of that just to have, hi Tina, hi Kurt, hi Tony on his sign, and, and think of you paying all that money just to have him have that lame ass sign on the back of behind you, in front of you." I feel like this was like signs on crack. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everybody wanted a sign back then. I used to be really good at making signs. And yes, I was that guy that had signs for almost any superstar. So you were the dude that just had like a whole stack of signs. At the, at the yes, show. I was. <laughs> fuck, fuck that shit. You were part of those first row versions? No, I was not a first row. I've never been in the front row, unfortunately. Oh, Wait a minute. Fun fact. Who is, the guy, who is the guy next to Sean Stasiak? I, I got to see him again. Uh, huh? I don't know. Yeah. Raven. Raven I, is another dude. Johnny Polo. I mean, yeah. Teddy Long is a referee. When I when I saw when I saw Rod Simmons uh, and and Bradshaw, I wanted uh, this is where I I blame this event for uh, loving the uh, my love of cigars. It's Lance Storm and Billy Kidman next to him. 
Really? That hair, boy. This just a fun. You know what? Just a fantastic reaction by Vince McMahon. <laughs> He's like, yes, "Yes, I won. I did it." <laughs> I mean, I felt like that's what he was doing when he bought WCW. But yeah. Um, but think about that. He's happy that The Rock won it for him. Then a couple months later, he fucks The Rock over. <laughs> he helps Jared go. Like, God, it's a wait, wait, <laughs> Way, way to show gratitude. Yeah, let me fuck you over and go with this guy, Chris Jericho. Like, <laughs> like I said, it's love the one you're with at that moment. Well, I mean, you can honestly, you can probably you can blame Ric Flair for that. Really? Really? Because you have you, Flair, you have Flair. You have Flair showing up. The next night. The next night, literally. So now, Ric Flair instantly becomes the biggest thing in the WWF. Because, you know, it's it's, it's the second least likeliest thing that wrestling fans thought they were ever going to see again at the time. Uh, and then two months be... later, we got something we never asked for, Vince McMahon versus Ric Flair. <laughs> yes, and, 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 and then we got Hogan back, which is the first one. That was um, That's what we were just talking about, too. Like, how O2 was kind of like the the... To me, I felt like it was like that bridge year where they were trying to bridge all the old fans with the new fans by having like Flair, Hogan, Michaels, and then you on the other side you had like Brock, Brock, Angle. Because yeah, yeah, it was unsure whether or not Flair was going to be wrestling a full time schedule. He proved them bitches wrong. He proved them bitches wrong. He proved them hoes wrong real quick. <laughs> he, he, he was, you know, people thought, you know, you know, at that time, you know, you could have had, you, you had a pay-per-view main event in Austin versus Flair. That's what we were kind of talking about with Austin, kind of, actually, no, Austin did wrestle with Flair. Uh, it was a handicap match with Big Show. Yeah, with Big Show. No, but I'm talking about he's still this. He's still, but before you know, essentially, he gets neutered. I mean, and you know, I I equate Austin and Flair being a backlash main event akin to Rock Goldberg. No title on the line. Just a one-on-one wrestling match that, you know, and... I got you. I mean, people still thought Flair could have led, literally led the WWF at this time as WWF champion. 
I'm sure they felt that way, but I don't think Rick Flair felt that way because he was kind of having that inferiority complex that he dealt with. The confidence yeah, issue. Yeah, confidence issue. Yes. But I'm supposed that's a, a narrow conversation for another watch along. That'll conclude our watch along for tonight. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, vote on YouTube and Castbox. Uh, of course, this was sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. Um, join us for this whole Survivor Series weekend with watch alongs with uh, Joel Bateman, Clay Wilson, The Runway, an interview with Billy Starks, uh, Trivia Night with Conrad Chrisman. Um, the Summer of Coleco Summer Slam uh, Summer Showdown Tournament watch along. Um, and all of it all concluding with um, Survivor Series. And how should you listen to the Survivor Series, Scooter? Well, I like to take two tin cups and a string. But if you really want the full experience, you listen to it on the remix. Six years and going strong, the only live streaming alternate commentary podcast on the web today. Join us for the sixth annual Survivor Series remix as James and I bring you the only podcast that gives you a choice in commentary. Hashtag choose your commentary. And of course, follow the show at Wrestling with Ebot on Twitter and Instagram. Can follow me at James J993. Where can they find Coleco? Find me remembering the second verse if I can remember it. If I'm not drunk enough from the Marine Corps, him at I am Coleco. And where can they find Scooter? As always, find me on Twitter at Scooter Dust, as we said on the remix as well. And of course, after Survivor Series 2002 automatically loads up, find me and the son of Rico Constantino, Rico Constantino Jr., the Smoking Dragons Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash Smoking Dragons. Well, Coleco Yacht, Scooter Dust, I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling with... Entertainment. Hey guys, this is Brutal Bob Evans from Hangs with Bob Seminars and TheWrestleLife.com, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment, one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world. Hey folks, this is The Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling with Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.